Good morning, good morning. Dr. Gary on the road. We sell dental practices nationwide. We're dental practice brokers. So anyway, today's topic is going to be three buyers, three negotiations, three levels of risk assessment, one winner. That's our title. Let's get into that. But before we do, let's talk about our company. So we've now been doing the dental practice brokerage for three, 12 years. We now, I was a dentist for 25. We have uh, 12 employees. No, excuse me, 10 employees, 12 years. And uh, we're in 26 states now selling different dental practices. We're excited. We have two CPA accountants, marketing director, operations director, five development acquisition specialists. And it's exciting. So you can reach us from 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. virtually every single day, East Coast time. Just reach out, we're here for you. We'll work every day, 363 days a year. We take off Christmas and Easter. That's it. We're ready for you at any time. So if you just need advice, feel free to call us. The information you're about to hear is strictly for uh, uh, entertainment purposes. It's not legal or business advice. Our phone number is 201-663-0935. The website is dentalpracticeguide.com. So anyway, let's talk about what this situation is with three buyers, one practice, three different negotiations, three levels of risk assessment on behalf of the buyers, and one winner. So <clears throat> you have a practice in a building, in the million dollar range package deal. So the first buyer gave a very good offer. And we were proceeding forward after letter of intent. Again, letter of intent is always non-binding. You're not bound by that, but at least gives an intention. But historically, once you give the letter of intent, you, you kind of stick with the guidelines of that, historically, even though it's non-binding. So the buyer is excited, seller is excited. We're moving forward to pre-approved buyer, experienced buyer. And um, we negotiated, came to a fair dollar amount. Everybody was happy. And then it came to terms, contracts, a lot of moving parts in a contract. You're going to be dealing with work in progress. How do you finish the work you've started before the closing? Access to records. Restrictive covenants. Post-closing employment percentages that you're going to pay the seller to work for you if the seller's staying on. And also, many sellers are somewhat concerned about their staff, and they would like some kind of uh, assurance the staff is going to stay on, that the, the buyer will keep them on. Historically, buyers always keep them on, at least initially, which is a great idea. You don't ever want to let go of the staff, not right away, because that's your, that's your link to the past. 
so the sellers you don't feel comfortable. So you've got a lot of moving parts. Then the other contractual issue is the allocation of purchase price. How much for goodwill? How much for restrictive covenant? How much for uh, leasehold improvements? You know, these are negotiable numbers. So those are contractual issues. When you deal with a contract, you put everything together and you analyze it and you negotiate everything at once. Because of all these moving parts. First buyer, acceptable on price, could not agree on contractual terms. There were certain issues in the contract that the buyer was not comfortable with. And those issues are, were enough to drive the buyer away. Now the seller had agreed to, I would call it usual and customary contractual negotiations. So all of those things I just discussed, the seller accepted what was normal and customary. The agenda attorney would look at it and say, here's the terms of the contract, you know, is within normal limits. It was a fair negotiation. But there were certain contractual issues on the buyer's behalf would not budge on. That's it. The buyer's risk assessment of those terms, it was just one or two terms, the buyer wouldn't budge. He said, that's it. You don't agree to this. I will not proceed forward. So what you have is a risk assessment on this one buyer that had so much value they put on this risk of this one or two terms, in contractual terms, they walked away. And I'm saying to the buyer, well, wait a minute, how much you're putting so much value on that contractual terms that I mean, you're equating it to so much money that you possibly may lose that you're just walking away. And they said, yes, I am. So I, you know, we tried to negotiate, try to talk, we couldn't come to terms. Buyer walked away. Now, I think the buyer made a huge mistake because the practice is gonna grow. This is a practice that was, uh, the fair amount of referrals were going out of the office, okay? You keep them in the office, that's gonna turn into a lot of income. Secondly, no marketing. The seller was not marketing the office. So you increase marketing, you're talking about could be 10% increase in a year at least by sending out all the, uh, by keeping all the referrals out. That's a million dollar package building in practice. By keeping the referrals in house, another 15% income increase. You're talking 25% the first year is feasible, is my opinion. So the buyer, even though that 25% was potential, I said the loss you're going to incur of lost income because you are so hung up on contractual terms. And again, the seller agreed to terms which could be considered under most circumstances, usual and customary, acceptable terms. Buyer said no. They valued the risk so high, they were willing to give up my opinion of a 25% increase the first year. But that's it, they didn't do it, they walked away. Second buyer comes in. This buyer, it was on price. The issue was price. The buyer was not comfortable with the price. So in the end, going back and forth, back and forth, the buyer placed so much emphasis on what their living expenses were to try to fit the practice 
generation of income. So their living expenses wasn't, they weren't comfortable. But we said, well, why don't you keep your other job for a little while, keep it part-time and you can work something out. They said, no, 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 has to have a one for one. I have to have enough money coming out of this practice that has to support my lifestyle. And we went back and forth. Now we're only 7% apart, 8% somewhere on there on price. The seller came down, but seller wasn't gonna go down another seven or 8% and the buyer wouldn't go up. So you have a seven, eight percent difference. They're not budging on it. Risk assessment on the buyer's end. The buyer, I told the buyer, you're probably going to do twenty-five percent. In my opinion, better the first year. Buyer didn't want to hear about it. Buyer said the practice won't fill my needs, fulfill my needs. But then wait a minute. I said, what about the tax write-offs? What about the independence? What about the own the building? The write-offs on the building, the income. We showed the buyer. You're actually going to make more money than you're making now. But wouldn't bite. Just wouldn't bite. And I think the reason for it, and understandable, I was in that position too 25, 30 years ago. That's your first big purchase. You're nervous. What the buyer did, the buyer defaulted to the position of safety. And that safety was um, keeping his old, keeping their old job his, hers, whatever it was, keeping their old job. They thought, well, if I keep my old job, I continue to get money. Of course he could lose the job, pandemic, he can get sick, disability. I mean, losing all the tax benefits, not building his future, her future. And why Why are you doing that? You're not building a future, you're that many years away from growth um, and building your practice. Doesn't want to hear about it risk assessment. Their risk assessment was, forget it. I'm going to fall to the safety of my present job. Just, I guess he assumes or she assumes it's going to last forever. So risk assessment walked away. Now the next one, um, finally, the last one was the buyer that purchased. That buyer looked at all the various the contract, the terms, the price, and the previous buyer, as I say, was about 7% behind, 70%. This buyer made up the difference. Said, well, you know, I'm buying a business. I'll make the money back that I'm overspending that I'm not as comfortable with. There was a slight negotiation on the seller a little bit more, but I'll do it. So you have, they just analyzed everything, analyzed the terms of the contract, analyzed the price and said, I'm going for it. I'll make up the difference in a shorter period of time. My risk assessment is it's worth moving forward. So yes, uh, the third buyer, he, she, was had a little experience before and they just put it beyond them. So that's what buyers go through. That's the, the thought process of buyers. So here you have one buyer, three buyers, one winner, three negotiations, three levels of risk, and the one buyer is gonna win. They made up that 7% difference that the other one couldn't bite. And they got over the terms of the contract what the other one refused. And I think they're gonna be extremely successful. I believe the other two buyers are gonna realize after the third buyer buys it and the deal's over that they should have moved forward. Their risk assessment was just too tight. And I think they made an error because of that. So that's where we are, all right? 
Well, we're signing off. Remember, if you are thinking about selling to a DSO, uh, we work with them. We have several we work with. We're independent from them. They'll pay our commission. And uh, on, on occasion, based on certain criteria, we can get your legal fees reimbursed at closing. So please give us a call on this. Let's move forward. Let's get a deal together. We're here for you. Call us. If you just want to call the chat and you have some basic questions, we can do that. Remember, sellers, uh, we can give you an evaluation of your practice. Um, just give us a ring and away we go. All right, I'm off to swim. It's going to be a great day. And summertime is around the corner.